We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. party it's the first one i've had actually following one of these games a night because it's the first night preseason game the mavericks have had this year changed locations my wife kicked me uh, out of my office and told me what to come downstairs here so we'll see uh how this goes over the course of the regular season um you can see that i did not clear off my kitchen table well enough but uh maybe i'll work on that it's preseason for everybody um, the first thing to note, uh, if you are joining this uh, room for the first time, if you're a returning uh, listener and participant and don't remember how the whole thing works, there's a link that's pinned in the YouTube comments that you can click on and it pulls you into a waiting room. And the whole premise of this show is I want to hear what other Mavs fans are thinking. Uh, for the longest time, I used to spend a significant portion of post game for every Mavericks game, just like arguing with people on Twitter. And like, that's no fun. And we inevitably uh, ended up finding the green room. Uh, oh, I think it was locker room almost three years ago. And then that transitioned into Spotify live eventually and Spotify live went dead last year. So I had to convert over to YouTube. Um, if you're afraid of showing your face on camera, you shouldn't be because I do it. And people for some reason tune in and want to see me. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this game because it was a whole lot of fun. For a quick recap for anybody that happened to miss it, with Luka Doncic out, uh, Kyrie Irving and Josh Green took the lead. The Mavericks jumped out to an early uh, double-digit lead and really never never let uh, let up. There we saw a whole bunch of different lineup combinations. Some guys didn't look great. Other guys looked, you know, pretty freaking amazing. And we're going to talk about both, I'm sure, over the course of the next at least 30 minutes. Uh, be sure to tell your friends. To join this show you know it's still preseason and honestly i don't expect some of our shows to pick up more until uh probably after christmas but we're gonna have a good time in here uh so coming up first we got my guy 
Chris Haley, longtime participant in the show. Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, nothing. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. I hopefully yeah. you enjoyed your your time away from the Mavericks, and yeah. I also hope Don't, you're not a a Rangers fan because today was painful. Dude, oh my god, that that was crazy. Like they were up four to two, and then that um, Al, Al, Jose Altuve is that his name? Altuve, yeah, Altuve, yeah, yeah. That was just that. Wow, and it's just crazy to think about back in 2011 when they were in that uh, six six game, and they just one strike away from winning it all. That's crazy. But yeah, that, that's a heartbreaker. But oh, wow, my bulldog's coming in this room here. All right, yeah, Dog, you're welcome on the show. Mine are on the couch. Yeah, his, his name's Luca, by the way. My bulldog. Fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, Fantastic. oh yeah, saw the game. Um, of course, uh, see, next Wednesday is the first game. And do you think? I mean, there's no way to know. I mean, is Luca? This is the last preseason game. Do you think Luca might really be playing in the season opener? It's gonna be a I national do. TV. I yeah. do. Um. I think until we have reason to think that there's I don't want to say it's not a serious injury, but until I until they're worried about him doing something that would make it worse, I think we sort of have to assume that the Mavericks are going to play Luca until we hear otherwise. Because they I give think, him all the rest he can have because he's been, you know, playing all summer. And if he did have a well, they diagnose it as a mild calf calf strain, just let him rest as long as possible. I don't know how much he's been practicing, but right. Um you know, but I'll actually be not the, at next Wednesday's game, but the 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 first home game. I usually have the first home game of the season, so I guess the Nets. Uh, me and my son got ticks that game, so be looking forward to that. I just really looking forward to Mavs basketball. Like, I'm excited about this team. I know there's a lot of familiar faces. I mean, of course, we got to see Dwight Powell out there, and I know Tim Hardaway Jr. made a few shots tonight. But this he's, is what he's I'm taking for. a lot of shots. Lots oh. of impulsive. He's such a one dimensional player, man. Like, it's just. I'm like, let's don't do this again. We we've seen this, okay? Like, I want to see something different here. So, if you come in, if you're on fire, I get it. Just keep keep lighting it up, but don't just come in and chunk shots up just to chunk shots up. I mean, unless you're playing really good on defense, but he's not really a good defensive player, I don't think. So, yeah. But no, it's it's there's an effort thing involved. I mean, the Tim part of it is frustrating because when his shots don't go, it makes everything feel worse. But then there's also sort of, you know, and, and Nick Angstad asked him about this a couple days ago. Uh, there's just such, there's no clarity in his role. And at least as far as Tim is telling us, and, you know, Kid kind of said one thing just at the start of the preseason to, um, he said that to Mark Stein, basically, that, that you know, he was going to be coming off the bench. And then during media day, Tim Hardaway is like, That's, this is the first time hearing about it. And all of us got like Christian Wood flashbacks, which was really neat. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think guys just play, you know, anybody in any work situation performs better when they're sure of their role. It's just the nature of it. And I think the Mavericks, you know, Tim talked about this in his, in his, um, in his media day session. Now he wasn't sure if he was going to be here. And I think elements of that, that result in him being frustrated, you know, and, and that, that, you know, I'm sure he's going to go out and play his hardest. That's not what I mean, but it's just, if there's uncertainty, yeah. But if you're going to be here, so of course you're going to go out and fire up shots. Of course, you're I, I, I could just sense it. If they're not going to extend Josh Green, that they're preparing him and Tim Hardaway Jr. to be in a trade package this year. And they absolutely would, if they're not going to extend Josh Green, they're absolutely going to trade him this year because they're not going to have, you know, I'm not saying he's as good as Jalen Brunson, but we're not going to go through that road again. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I like, I like what I see out of Josh Green today. He, he scored the most points. Derek Lively. Uh, the second, I'm really excited about him. I know he's a rookie, but he's damn athletic, and he's just 
I, I would like to see Rashawn Holmes come be like the second string center, not yeah, it's, it's still it's still Dwight. <laughs> Well, of course, it has to be. I love him to death. He's a good person, and, and he he's a good, solid, like uh, you know, role guy and all. But I mean, I don't know, man. We got to have some more big, solid bigs on the floor. Well, he played. Well, so so Dwight played fourteen minutes, had five points, six boards, and three assists, uh, yeah. along with three turnovers. He still got hit in the lot. face right as a uh, Grant Williams got hit in the nose on the bridge in the nose, and I saw mm-hmm. the instant replay to Dwight how like he got hit in the face at the same time. It's just like how many times has he been hit in the face, but. It's good to see Seth Curry back on the team, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the, the Mavs playing again. Um, I, I'm feeling optimistic about this season. Uh, well, hell, even Shaq, didn't, didn't he predict that the Mavs are going to be uh, the champions? Or <laughs> Did you hear about that? I did. I did. Yeah. And and there's a lot of like reconciliation going on between how the Mavericks ended last year, how the Mavericks mm-hmm. have kind of continued to, um, continued to look uh, during, during the preseason, Paired with all the the statistical models, um, a lot of a lot of the database stuff is is showing that the Mavericks on paper are could be quite good. Now, how yeah. that actually works itself out on the floor is something entirely different. And I, I um, wasn't I didn't look into you know the Zabu Dabu games. Uh, it, it, even in this game, it's just preseason. I mean, as long as we get at least one and you win the last one, you kind of go into the season feeling good. And Luca. Most likely, like I said, he'd probably be healthy anyway. And then we'll have Kyrie's not not acting crazy. I mean, he's I think he's going to be com- he's comfortable in Dallas. Obviously, he signed that extension. So I, I haven't even really crossed my mind about him being like the way he was in Brooklyn. You know, I just think with him not being in a playing in a big market, that's uh, going to do good for him. Like big market, like New York, kind of all the you know all the drama that was going on in there. So we shouldn't have to worry about that. Um, I'm just I'm just looking forward to this season. So hopefully we'll, well get a, a win because I don't think the Spurs will be good this year, even with Wimbledon. But I'm oh, watching we- a clip of him right now. All right, so they're playing the Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah. He he guards Andrew Wiggins on the perimeter. So over in like the 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 uh, up in the top right corner, Wiggins drives center on him. Wimby stays with him the whole time laterally, which is what's mm-hmm. impressive. He doesn't get beat. Blocks Wiggins into next week. <laughs> runs down the floor and gets a top of the key three pointer, which he splashes. And no. it's just, it's like, like evolutionary KP um, in a way so that crazy is just about laugh out loud. Derek Lively, the second, his very first NBA game, real good NBA game is going to be against like Wimby. I mean, <laughs> baptism by fire, you know? So that's right. I mean, they're both rookies, but I, I think uh, we, we got, I don't remember the last time we won like the first home game, home first game of the season. It's been a while. Well, they just get off to these weird starts, and it's annoying. And and I do think they first one, and then we'll win the second one, and then we. I don't know. Just last few years, just not been. It just hasn't felt right. Really, since twenty. It was the Hawks game of kids' opening year where they just got blasted Mm. on live television. That that two years ago. That was two years ago. Where it was like, oh no. Feels like we're always opening against like the the Suns or the or the Hawks, but yeah, now it's the Spurs. So look. Yeah, so let's be get fun. a win next Wednesday, and, you know, let's have a good season. Go Mavs. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Hope right. you come back whenever we yes, uh, sure do will. this on Wednesday. Talk soon. Sure will. Okay, coming up next is uh, my man Leo. Leo, what's going on, dude? Hi. The mic sound good? Yeah, you sound great. All right. Uh, just to get off on some good vibes, because I, I might bring the vibes down, uh, down later. 
can we talk about how good Josh Green looked? I, as a Josh Green stockholder, I feel like the Wolf of Wall Street right now, man. I'm feeling good. Well, it's actually Josh Green. It's it, that was the Josh Green statement. Pay me game. Uh, the Mavericks, I think, have three ish days until um, the the ability to extend him goes away, and then from there he would go into next off season as a um, restricted free agent. Which those sorts of things, as we saw from the off season this year for different teams, can get a little uncomfortable. Uh, I'm of the opinion that what they should simply do is offer him a deal in the the range of what. Um, Grant Williams got, and then just just everybody go home happy because it's a tradable deal if the Mavericks want it. It's a lot of money for Josh Green. You know, he scored nine points a game last year, right? Uh, I don't necessarily see him jumping to like 13 points a game. It's just, it's it's the way that the team is structured. He's going to have good games and he's going to have bad games. Um, and, and it's just kind of the nature of, of how the team's set up. Like he's going to be like a fourth or fifth option at best. Are you serious right now, dog? We are, see, we are live. Yeah. Nah, They're man, live. the dog's got it. That's the right. dog's got the vibes right. Your dog knows it's Josh Green Island time. Well, I mean, if we think about if 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 we just put this in like a little bubble, if we think back to last year, did you think Josh Green was gonna have anything similar to the year he had last year? Mind you, it wasn't like an amazing year, but it was like Josh Green looked like a donut was great. his first year. And yeah, then- no, he's he was a non-contributing zero, and then kid gave him life. So I am I'm very pleased with the progression of Josh Green. And I don't know. FIFA looked like he looked more assertive. He looked fi- he looked like he enjoyed playing like the main defensive, mm-hmm. like the main defensive anchor. And now he has a big man who can you know block help help yeah help help clean up anything that he needs help with. Yeah, no, I agree. And speaking of said big man, damn, what do you think? I I'm brand new to the NBA. I don't know what a big man feels like, though. I'm not sure any Mavs fan knows what a big man feels like outside of Tyson Chandler. He looks awesome. He, does, he did a behind-the-back like dunk. I well, was I. There's uh, there, the problem with with having a big man in the Wimby draft is like there's always going to be like like pure comparison points, and he's not he's not like at all um, like that, and it's not fair to him. But for what the Mavericks need, he's fantastic, and he's showing me more than I thought he was going to be able to early, and. Is he going to go through rough patches? Absolutely. I just keep pointing out how through all the preseason games, this is the first time he actually got to play people that were his size or smaller versus, uh, you know, both against uh, Rudy Gobert and then um, against Tavares uh, over with Real Madrid. And then he plays Wemby on opening night. So it's like he's really getting a, a education in big man basketball in a hurry. And he's mostly held his own. He's not been embarrassed. He, he He's going to make mistakes. I think that part's fine. But – there's just a lot to be bullish about with him because I think everyone was super worried about fouling. And, you know, outside of the first game, I've not really had any fouling concerns. And I feel like it's having players like Josh and uh, DJJ and Grant who will probably foul before he gets a chance to, but they can still at least stand in front of their man a couple seconds and not completely let Derek Lively like completely on his own. Yeah. Which is, will probably feel better than what he had to deal with at Duke. Yeah. And I I get I heard you guys talking about starting DJJ. If he starts, does that mean Luca and Kai, one of Luca or Kai are always going to be double teamed at all times on offense? Maybe. But with- I mean, I don't know how you really defend the Mavericks. What you, I think you try to really punish the Mavericks with scoring. 
um, and making them work defensively at this rate with the team that they have. But I, I, I mean, there's just there's enough from this game. Like we needed to see a good game because the two Timberwolves games were really unfortunately awful. And so it's it's just nice to get a win with this game and see and see enough. So I'm I'm very pleased. And uh, for all the people who uh, do not like Dwight Powell, uh, we have a plus five and box plus minus tonight. <laughs> do not ask me what our other big men have. Yeah, no, it was it was kind of a rough game. Uh, but I want to see Holmes with different people. Holmes has kind of had like it keeps getting stuck with particular lineups. Um, he's not exactly a defensive stalwart, but he's also capable of a lot of different things. I mean, Maxi was brutal tonight. I don't know what we do about Maxi, but also not needing Maxi is nice. So if he ever comes alive, it'll be helpful. I mean, I, you guys know way more basketball than I do. Oh, I thought he looked it's basketball. You're fine. I, I, Never... I thought he looked fine. Like he he stayed in front of his man. Like what do what is it that bad to not ask Maxi to be the best defensive player on the team? Sorry, my dog Person's... is now drinking. My dog is now drinking water in the background. <laughs> if that's getting picked up, um, it's it's nice that they don't need it. I would simply like him to look a little more. I don't know, just alive. More. Yeah, he he's not looked very good in these preseason games. I mean, he drove to the basket. That was interesting. It's an adventure every time he puts the fall, puts the ball on the floor. Hey, man, eighty-two games to go. We could always use a nice maxi game. Well, That's thank right. You. Sure thing. Have a good night, Mister Kirk. All right, you too. All right, before I uh, before I bring Brandon up on stage here, just want to make a quick uh, a note or plea, whatever you want to call it. If you could uh, do me a favor and go ahead and like the stream um we have a lot of fun in these shows particularly it's actually more oh, like winning is obviously better but i think the shows are a little more amusing when the mavericks lose because everyone comes in here and, and vents uh for this i think there's just a like a palpable sense of relief that the mavericks were able to uh to do something which was which was nice um all right my my next guest brandon i he pulled himself off stage we'll see if he's able to come back up otherwise we might be having just a very short show which i may not even um publish to the uh to the uh, podcast feed um but yeah this is uh, something we do virtually every show sometimes it gets really testy and we go like two hours because people just want to vent but tonight i think it's just it's nice to kind of get that one particular win um it's a feel-good situation the mavericks needed that uh, at least in my opinion and then from there we can uh we can head on into the regular season just knowing that they have their work cut out for them after last year but i think that the the structure of the team is at least um you know that i like what they've tried to build and that's that's pretty important to me um if you want to go ahead if you guys could do me a favor again if you could if you could like the stream i would very much appreciate that if you could consider uh subscribing to the channel i would very much appreciate that as well for those of you listening on the podcast that would be um that'd be great uh i'm going to answer a quick question here and then i'm going to bring micah up on stage um but then i'm also going to cut to a quick uh podcast you know basically ad read um thanks so much for for hanging out here um and i will start up here in just a second we're going to cut to those ads we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Nav asks in the chat, do you think they can continue to play this style of offense when Luka comes back? This is kind of the existential question of the Mavericks. Josh Bow and I talked about it a little bit on our podcast uh, that we did, the, the kind of recap show. And what a couple of people, I'm not the only person who has suggested this, but one thing I've been kind of high on since the end of the year is that I would love it if they used Kyrie as a, as a pace pusher early, letting him doing most of the ball handling and then letting Luca do what he likes to do in the first quarter, which is basically ruthlessly attack the rim and, and, you know, basically set the table and see what's going on and just use him like basically be a human battering ram. I would like it if they did that in the fourth quarter with Luca, um, his minutes distribution is, very first quarter heavy. Then he plays the second six minutes of the second quarter. Then he plays most of the third. And then he plays like the second half of the four. I, I would, Nick Angstadt's talked about this a couple of times. I would like for them to redistribute the minutes because then I think they could play this way a little more frequently because the ball just pops more. Um, I appreciate what Luca wants to do. It obviously works. But if, if I also think that they could afford to try something new um, and I think it gets other people involved earlier. Uh, and not just on the the tail end of pick and rolls where they catch and shoot. I mean, earlier in the play, earlier in the action, following a rebound. So I'd be very uh, into that. So, um, all right. So I'm going to bring up Micah. See what Micah has to say. Micah, how are you doing tonight? Good, Kirk. How you been? I'm all right. I'm 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 in preseason form in that I am uh, still getting the groove of like how to do this within the pace of my evening. Because, you know, we, we run all the stuff on Mavs Moneyball too. So I'm like monitoring the website uh you know trying to get all this stuff done before like and i don't want to go to bed at 2 a.m every night so it's it's fun like figuring out what is a workable rhythm um i like doing these shows a lot and it but it does take me like two or three of them until i get like used to what because it's it's people get you know you get the notifications on your phone but then people don't necessarily come in immediately and with the old shows and i don't remember if you joined the the spotify green rooms those were popular. Yeah, yes, yes. Spotify Live as as in those. Yeah, that Spotify Live. Those would populate with like a hundred people within a few minutes, and so with these, it's it's a little bit of a different pace, and that's fine. Uh, and I just got to get used to it, where I'm kind of I, I need to be more prepared for the early part of the show to kind of talk to myself until folks get in here. Um, right. Yeah, but I'm I'm really you know uh, what would you think of tonight? Um, here. I mean, pretty much keeping all, up with all sports right now. Um, being a DFW sports fan is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt bad for all the Rangers fans today. That was tough. Like, and I don't, I don't really watch baseball like that because, I don't know, base, that's that's too roller coaster for me. It's, where, it's well, like playoff, playoff baseball is like signing up to be hurt 
in some instances, particularly against a yeah. team like Houston, which is just so dang good. Oh, not just not just Houston, but like in most in most sports by halfway, you know you're not on that level. Right. But then you had three 100 win teams get knocked out in the wild card break. Right. Simultaneous. Which has never happened. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather rather know I stink early on. (laughs) So, but, um, yeah, Lively has surprised me. Like, I'm going to say that. Um, It's... It's not normal for a rookie big to be able to build chemistry with the with the two co-stars like they have that quick. I, I just I don't normally see it. What what's your opinion? I just it's not normal to me. He still has a lot to learn, but he seems to be processing so quickly and adjusting to the things he needs to get better at. He's not going to be able to set a screen all year. I hope we're all just like used to this. Um, setting a screen oh, no. and being like, like that's just going to be something that takes them a long time because it's art. It is not easy. And one of the it's things not. I love, I, I, I am a former, I'm a lapsed big man. It is not easy to do like to, to figure out what the ball handler is going to do. It's a simpatico type thing. And whenever I see folks on, on social media that really like, like kind of just hand wave it, there's a reason nobody can do it well. It's yeah. it, so it's like if he gets better at that over the, the people that be a people that never played, well, or regards themselves, like is really what it comes down to. It's just like some of the folks that I know. It's like oh, it's really easy. You just do this. It's like big men don't get to touch the ball that much. All you're like you're trying to just not yeah. fuck up. And and offensively, I think he's going to be like today. He had some amazing. Like he took advantage of situations that the Mavericks guards worked. Like he did a great job with the situations given to him defensively is what I'm much more interested in. I know we're excited about the offense and we ought to be, but the defensive awareness is so much more important to how the Mavericks sustain with Luca and Kyrie, because we know they're going to put up points, but can they stop just enough to be able to um, hold teams off and, you know, win those 115 to 108 games. Like that's the thing that I I think is going to be, be most interesting. And as I said to Josh Bowen, our, our show tonight, if, if you get 24 minutes out of Derek Lively, if he's able to play 20 plus minutes a game, we're in a great spot. All right. Cause there's a, there's a different feel and you could, you even saw it throughout the preseason games. Like, I mean, of course it's probably is tough with the bigs as far as Minnesota, but it's like, Every all the preseason games that we play, like the first three games, like people were second guessing on if they was just gonna try it. Mm-hmm. Where when Powell was in there, there was no second guessing. No. It like there's that- there's no so there's just there's a different feel to it. That's why I kept on like I've had kind of had this back and forth between like because everybody's like throughout the offseason, oh, it doesn't matter. Powell's going to start. I'm like, dude, kids started a rookie big in Milwaukee with identical circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, to yep. where, like, uh, like they're to where we basically have offense only bigs behind, behind the rookie. Like, yeah. 
Well, so, I, I I think that there's just so many things like there's there's elements of this team where things have to work out in a particular way it's not just one thing it's multiple things for them to be more successful than they were last year like i've, I've talked about how i think their floor is pretty high because again they won 38 games despite the season feeling like a train wreck so what's the mm-hmm. difference between 38 like three more games puts you at 500 mm-hmm. on the year do i and i, I think it's really- like and take like three games Oh, and they they just had horrible records in certain situations. Luca, I don't think had a single game winner last year, which was they were just so no. bad and clutch. And it's like all you need is no. like two to three things to go differently, and maybe that Mavericks season is better. And so when I think about that season in comparison to this season, I think the floor is 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 forty games. It's and and that's you know barring no like catastrophic injuries or anything like that. But I also don't think the ceiling is that high. I sort of think like the level of variance on this team is like 40 to 46 wins because they're just mm-hmm. not going to have it's it's unless certain things really, really, really break right. And maybe they could. I mean, maybe Josh Green becomes like a true like like third superstar. I don't know. I just don't. The way I see the team build is like they, they have a narrow path to success, but they also have like a pretty a narrow like the path to failure is really difficult, too. All right. I mean, I've, I've said like I'll put them basically as an eight seed is where mm-hmm. I see them with the caveat of possibly being a six because one one or two, one or two teams that I think is better than them is going to stay. Yep. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen to everybody that's predicting that they don't make oh, sure. the playoffs. I mean, the Wolves were like projected to be like the best regular season team last year, and they were atrocious. Who was it? The Timberwolves going into last season, everybody oh. thought the Timberwolves were going to just sort of run roughshod because they had they were sort of built for regular season success, and they were not. Was the answer once people started playing basketball? So you know, there's there's certainly things that can go the Mavericks' way, right? And like, I I really don't want to get pulled in into Clippers Kool Aid again. I might because <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's sad. Like the only ones that got it worse are the Pelicans. Like they are, God, something's going on over there. Yeah, <laughs> something in the water. Maybe I guess that's what Chris said. That's right. Oh, they're so bad. But, well, yeah, what else are you thinking tonight? Um, that's pretty. Uh, at this point, I think Josh Green needs to be a star. Okay. Like, no matter what you're going to do with them, like, if you're going to try to package him, then why why are you going to, like, there's a couple of guys that, should, that fans probably don't want to get minutes that probably need to get minutes because if they don't, you're stuck with them. Like, you know, Sacramento ended up having to give us a first round pick just to take Holmes contract. You right. end up with that with your guys. Right. Well, man, but that's pretty much where I'm hope you come back uh, multiple times this year. All right. Will do. All right. We'll talk soon. Micah. You have a good night. You too. All right. Then last we got my man, Krishna. How you doing Krishna? What's up? Kirk. How are you? Okay. 
I'm good. I'm I am uh I I've, last week or so I finally sort of eclipsed my cuz every year I go through like my own personal existential crisis of like why am I doing this? Should I keep doing mm. this? Like it's not a job. Like it's never going to be a job. It's it's a passion project and I have fun with it. And every time I think I don't want to do it, I'm like, you know, I I do. I do. I want to keep talking to people. I want to keep sharing making Mavs content. I'm mean, over at Mavs Moneyball we're right like I've hired like seven or eight new people and they're all writing new stuff. And like that, that gives me, that gives me energy to keep going. And then once we, you know, if the Mavericks actually have a reasonably interesting season, which I think we're, we're kind of in store for, I'm not really, I don't want to get too high or too low, but I think it's going to be very different than the past several years. And I'm looking forward to that. That's very true. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. At least you're somewhat still interested. I feel like I go through that every single week being a fan of so many teams. It's, well, it's it's like like and I I'm I'm are you a Rangers fan, for example? Oh, God, Kurt. So no, I, I, I described it like this. Like, I you, I told you watched... Coops, I told Coops on Twitter this. He at the end of the season, right? The Rangers were they were horrific. I'll, I'll put it very very like yes. they were really really bad. And you know, someone said they described him as a roller coaster. I said mm. that's not enough to describe him. It's like being in a deprivation tank, <laughs> and then that deprivation <laughs> tank is in a cannon, and the cannon launched. And so you're in the air, but you don't know what's killing you. Is it the deprivation tank or is it you being in midair, being launched from a cannon that's killing you? That's what the Rangers were because signing up for sports uh, is pain. It, it is right. Like the thing is very privileged to live in the Dallas area in the sense, like you could follow literally any sport you want to. Like it, there's no, uh, there's not a lack of abundance of sports to follow. The problem is, is just, if, are any of them going to be good? Like you right. never know. You never know. So uh, that aside, it, it's also weird because Houston, they are horrible at Houston. Like yeah, they're, they're, I think they're like four, eight games under you know what, 500. You know what that goal. feels like? And again, people are like, well, I'm not here for baseball talk. I hear you. But to no, bring it back worry. to basketball. We'll, well, to bring it back to, to basketball, in the, in the early to mid-2000s, the Mavericks simply could not get over the Spurs hump. They just, they hurt, they hurt us. As as Mavs fans, and if you're old enough to remember, you know what I'm talking I, about. I mean, I was very young, but like I like going back to history and like looking at what the expectations mm. were because, like, you know, we look at it now and you don't really understand how good those Spurs teams were because they're not a very traditional dynasty in the sense mm. like they never won any championships back to back. No, they're just like and, kept but, being really good for a long time, and we kept is, being painfully like not quite good as not exactly. quite as good as them. Which makes it more ridiculous in my head that like Dirk kept like this team somehow kept winning 50 games like that is a, still mm -hmm. a ridiculous thing. I, I don't know how many teams would be able to do that now because of the level of competitiveness like and just talent that's in the yeah. league. But like it's like you're saying, right, like every team has some kind of like obstacle in their way. It's like whether you can get past it. Like I would say like for last year for the Nuggets, it was just literally their health. Like they just were not healthy for the longest time. Um, it wasn't so much like the team and for this Mavericks team, I think it's just been talent, right? Like we've just not had the requisite amount of talent that you need around Luca to be competitive in the long term. And like, I kind of tweeted this out and I felt, I feel this way strongly is that it's really fine. It's like, it's good, right? It's, it's exciting to me to see players younger than Luca potentially be contributors to this team. Like it is, is a weird thing to think about like Josh being younger than Luca and, Having a potential role on this team is interesting. And then the same thing with Lively. And I think the reason I personally was higher on Lively than Omax is not because I think one is more talented than the other. I think you can kind of say that, but I think it's the roles that you're asking them to play in are very different. 
Sure. Whereas I think Lively has kind of already been prepped to play as a defensive center with little offensive, like less offensive responsibility. Whereas Omax, I think if you're going to be a wing in the NBA now, and you know, I was just watching a video about how like the NBA as a whole has gotten less diverse in the like the size of players. Everyone is kind of like six five, six six. And so you kind of have to have an offensive game if you're in that range. And so I think Omax is a lot more Omax has a larger gap to get to that point than I think Lively does to being a a, a rim running like defensive center, if that right. makes sense. And I think that's what's still positive, right? Is that you have guys who you have a belief and a faith in that they could do these things still. And that's where I'm a little bit more positive that I think Lively can have a bigger impact first, but I don't think it means Omax can't do anything. And I, I also don't think it means Omax is nothing, right? Like yeah. even if he is, that's the reason you draft players is you want to take a potential. You want to take a chance. Right. And mm-hmm. we're not even talking about like a, a top five pick. We're talking about the 24th pick in the draft. Like that, yep. that's fine. And it's so early. Like you think about like Jaden Hardy, even last season, right? Jaden Hardy looked horrific in the summer league and he, he didn't do anything at all at the beginning of the season until he went to the legends. And so it takes time. And like, you don't know what career paths are because, you know, Josh, I think was mentioning on Twitter and, you know, Josh Green, I think, was shooting like 19% from three on like less than one it was so attempt bad. a game. His rookie year, and, he it was 16%. And, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was really bad. And even worse than that, he was not good at shooting around the rim. Like at he was anything. not getting to the rim. Kind of not good at anything. Yeah. And the thing was, like, you look back and you realize, like, the guy was so young, like, as a as a basketball player, right? As an athlete, like, I think he was fine. Like, athletically, he was really gifted. But he didn't have the basketball skills and the tangibility to like go and actually use his ability to like get to the rim properly. And so, you know, I think Tim meant Tim Cato kind of mentioned it last season. The fact that Josh not only improved his three point shooting, but was just way better and more confident going to the rim and actually completing his chances at the rim was the more shocking thing. And I think you just never know, right? Like we like to think development is super linear or like it's going to happen in this way. But you just don't know. So it's why I'm not super like over the top about it. But what makes me excited really for the season is it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, to me more than the players like worrying about this player, that player. I, I'm more worried about the coaching because um, last season I felt this way and I still am not 100 percent sure how I was worried about Igor Kokoshkov leaving as the mm. uh, uh, one of the assistant coaches. And then I think. Greg, Greg St. Jean. Jean. Yeah, Greg he left Saint at Jean. the end of the year. Yeah, taking over, mostly because, you know, I don't think St. Jean is a bad pl- person or like a, a terrible coach. I just felt like, is he going to be trusted to do that? Because what we've seen so far from Jason Kidd as a head coach, like now and even back then, is I don't think Jason Coach has the tactical, like, understanding that the really great coaches do. Like, and we've talked about, I feel like we had this conversation last season too. Great coaching is not for superstar players, really. Like, coaching for superstar players is more about managing their personality and getting them to not like explode when they're on the court, right? Like play within themselves in a way. Whereas coaching for everyone else is getting them roles and making them feel comfortable in the roles that they, they are in and then being confident in, you know, essentially doing their job, right? Like the Bill Belichick thing. And I feel like it worked that first year because, um, Kakashkov like did enough with the offense. Like it was just very basic for everyone else. And Sweeney did a really good job of just like putting defensive schemes together. And it's not to say kid did nothing, but it's that you can see kid needs 
stronger off like stronger help on his bench. And so it'll be interesting to see. I think Armstrong is now the other assistant coach. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. But I, I think maybe Terry Stotts is out there. It's kind of something I was thinking about, but who knows? Coaching of it is gonna be is gonna be a a thing only if the Mavericks come out and look unprepared to start the year. Um, yes, yes. So, and and that's that's why it's on everybody. Like the Mavericks just need to get off to a better start. The last time they got off to a very good start was 2019, 2020, where they started out the gate 16 and five. Like they were outstanding. And I mm-hmm. want to say that it might have even been like 18 and seven at one point. Like they were so good. And obviously, I don't expect that kind of start this year. But what I don't want is like four and six to start the year. I know it's a little thing to people because I said something one show where I was like, if they start the year six and four, I'm going to be ecstatic. And somebody's like, well, that's not very good. And it's like, well, that's 60% of your game. So it actually is pretty good. Um, and, and I just want some emphatic wins and I want the Mavericks to look like they have a plan, which they are enacting. And what the, the past several starts to the year have been so chock full of experimentation, but then not only like experimentation, experimentation, which was bad from the start, like the, the JaVale McGee of it all cannot be emphasized how stupid that was. It just was like, it was stupid on paper. It was stupid to everybody, but the Mavericks. And so if they can get out of their own way to a degree and just start the year in a reasonable spot, play just good enough defense. Like, like one thing I will give kid credit, particularly in his first year with the Mavericks is that I feel like the team improved in a trajectory that wasn't like unsustainable because over an 82 game year, you want to have, you, you want to have improvements in areas for growth. Like we saw that with Hardy, for example, last year, like the team wasn't particularly good, but there was growth in Hardy that should have, you know, left people feeling excited. And so I, I just hope that there's, there's an element of that this year where the Mavericks can look better at the things that they're trying to improve upon as the year goes on. And, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll be rewarded. Who knows? I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, like, kind of what you've mentioned is that the, the, the things where I think I get really frustrated with this team is not when you go and you lose to the Nuggets, right? It's when you lose to the Nuggets when they don't have their best players. Mm-hmm. That's when it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating when you have a, a, even a margin of expectation against teams that are not good and you don't win. Like that's where it's frustrating, right? It's not frustrating when you go to the Boston and you lose. Like Boston, for as many problems as they have, they're still a talented team. And now it feels like there's kind of a lack of excuses in terms of, you know, a kid being a kid ever saying, oh, I don't have options. I don't have this. I think that's just kind of not there anymore. And he can kind of use the excuse for a young team. I mean, that's more true now than ever, but that's not entirely true. Still, a lot of these guys still have NBA experience, have had experience on different teams in different situations. So to me, I still I get what you're saying. Right. I agree with you that everyone has to come together. I think to me, the biggest con- for me personally is the biggest concern more than the players, because I think I-, I think the players are good enough to be a good team to not make the play in and, you know, be a six seed or a little bit above. If they need to. It's just my that's my biggest concern. But like you said, you have to start. We have to see what it looks like. You know, it, in a way, it's a very tough first game because, mm-hmm. you know, Wemby could, you know, I don't want to. You know, knock on wood, but you know, Wemby could like destroy lively and we'd be all like, oh, the sky is falling. But it's also like, you're not really facing that many players like Wemby. And no. so it's also, but that the rest of that team is not good. So, and we just don't know what it's going to look like. And I think it's fine that, okay, like we're not going to go 0 4. That's, 
in, in the preseason. That was that was good. One step away, but it's a, it's a wait and see game. And that's the frustrating thing as a fan. Like, I don't want to wait. I really do just want to get started. And I wish like we were already in the playoffs, but like, that's the thing with an 82 game season is unfortunately you have to go through 82 games until you really understand what this team is. And even at some points you don't, because you, like you mentioned, like the defense, like the defense just kind of was a weird thing in that season, the 22 season where like you talked about it so much is, after New Year's, they just started winning at a stupid, uh, a ridiculous clip, like close to 60 or 70 percent. 70 percent. Yeah. Yeah. And and then even their defense like that translated to the playoffs. Now, it didn't translate all the way to the conference finals, but it, it, it's what kept them in games all the way until they got to that point. And so you don't I agree with you. I don't want to see dumb experimentation where we're seeing Josh Green start one game and then bench the other and then you know Dante is starting a game and then he's not and it's like be if you're going to experiment, I feel like it needs to be very minimal, right? It it, it can't be something that is so seismic and it feels like it, it it's it's like a three you can't do a 180 for every single experimentation, right? It it needs yeah. to be like minute adjustments. And I I hope that it happens. I don't know if it will, but that's kind of the whole thing is like there, there needs to be a lot of like hope and we got to wait and see, but I'm more positive than I've ever been. And I think part of it is just that for once, I don't feel like going into a season being like, you know, deluding yeah. myself almost like that. Oh, this player is going to do that because a lot of those players that we had to delude ourselves about, I feel like have lesser roles in a way. Yeah. And I think that's a positive thing. So yeah, hope it's already getting late. So I'm going to no, let you guys hang out and good night. Good All right. Night, thanks Krishna. We'll see you next time. All right, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to the season. I, 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 we're here. We have uh, what five days? Yeah. So they play on Wednesday. San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I will say I love that 7 p.m. start time. Uh, I really wish the Mavericks would adopt that. Cuban won't do it. Yeah, something about Dallas traffic and the way the city's organized. I just you start the game at seven, people will get there at seven. You start the game at seven thirty, they're gonna get you know they're, they're you know fans never get to games sometimes. Just kind of the nature of things. I wish they would. Wish they would do do seven o'clock starts, but here we are. All right, um, lighter show. Preseason is what it is. I um, uh, appreciate those of you who are hanging out. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, I would really appreciate it. Uh, we'll do better next time because I am still getting my sea legs on this sort of thing. And yeah, hope everybody has a great weekend. Please continue to roll on over to MavsMoneyBall.com where we will have. Uh, we already got a bunch of stuff, uh, post game stuff up. But then you know, in the in these next few preseason uh, days before the season starts, we should have some some interesting content because now we're we're really in it. All right, guys. My name's uh, Kirk Henderson. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we will uh, and watching the show. We will talk to you guys on Wednesday night. All right, bye, guys. Go Maps.